Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay for Play, a podcast about all things queer in the world of video games, pop culture, and beyond. I'm Eric Solis. And I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova. And hi. Hey, hello. Wow. We're Lawrence here. audience, we are here. We are here in the first episode. Well, first episode that you're going to be hearing, audience. This is not the first time Lawrence and I have recorded. It's a whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> it's nice to be here. Uh, it's nice, yeah, it's nice to meet you. It's nice to be in your ear canals um, with our sweet, dulcet tones here to talk to you about video games and being gay. <laughs> Something that Lawrence is very, very familiar with. It's all I do. Those are the only Literally, two things I do in life. It's all we do is be gay and play video games. I think we need a little more explanation for why exactly we are here today. Uh, Lawrence, uh, what is this podcast going to be about? Yeah, well, I think you got it from the jump. Um, yeah, Eric and I, we've been uh, friends for a long time. Uh, we are both gays. Uh, we are both gamers, if you will. Um, and yeah, we always talk about the video games that we love, um, how much of an impact they have on us, and particularly like how they resonate with us as queer individuals. And so we were like, hey, let's start a podcast and talk about exactly that, because I think we have interesting things to say. So yeah, this is a podcast where we're going to be talking about uh, video games, our favorite uh, entertainment medium, and um, how they intersect with queer culture, pop culture, and just the different facets of our lives in um, fun and interesting ways. It's some background on ourselves. Um, we're both actors or former actors. I don't really allegedly an actor anymore. <laughs> I um, mean, there is is acting still like a career in twenty twenty. You can self-identify, you can self-identify, but it's like more cute than anything. Like I say it at work to people like to be nice to them, but that's about (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do, well, I think we ask, we're actors, but I think it's, we go back, I mean, we've known each other for years and years and years at this point, going back to like high school even. Yeah. Um, and I think that was like one of, wasn't, wasn't that one of the first things that we bonded over as friends was like something, some, yeah. It was Animal Crossing New Leaf, which funnily enough is going to be one of our first podcast episodes not new leaf yes. but animal crossing um yeah so yeah like i said we we met each other as actors um i went to school for musical theater and acting and then decided to and i went to us. school for that thing too but in a different place than you yes yeah yes but yeah i um you know musical theater wasn't really for me and i decided to pursue comedy uh, and did comedy in la for a while and now you know uh, 2020 is a weird time so i'm not really doing any of that in official capacity, but I still consider myself a comedian, writer, um, media critic, philosopher. Content creator, TM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think it's funny that, yeah, that you, you, uh, you lived in LA, tried it out, just, just left LA. I literally just moved to LA in the year of 2020. Yeah, okay, so a fun little anecdote. Uh, when Ms. Coronavirus <laughs> um, struck... Can we I say that like, on the podcast? Will we get, like, flagged by whatever we put this on? If we say, co- if we say COVID... Can we say We're COVID-19? Ms. Coronavirus? I think we yeah. can say it. It's, it's, it's canon <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's queer canon, Miss Coronavirus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, like, when it broke out, I was like, you know what? I don't really get why I'm in LA at this point. Um, so and I, I had moved just back. moved there, and yeah, I had and just, moved just moved there. 
um we've so something funny about our friendship is we never like have lived in the same exact place and we almost were for a second when you moved to uh la back in march but famously in march of 2020 yeah but then i was like you know what i gotta get out of here so i've been in the oh you don't even know where i live but i'm not in la (laughs) (laughs) um i think that's an interesting point what you say about um us not ever really living in the same place i would say one of one of the amazing things about our friendship i would consider you maybe one of my closest friends um and yet so much of our relationship and friendship has been technological it has been over the phone or over recordings or over video games i think that's i think that's why the idea of a podcast between you and me felt so natural is because it seems like so much of our conversations are just over the phone and in each other's ears um, over video I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I think that like, um, if you look at video games as the moment right now, like they've had a like, um, I mean, video games have always been huge. It's the largest um, multimedia. It's it's the largest media industry. It, it, it sells more, more than, than like more than all movies, of Hollywood. Even. Yeah. All of Hollywood, yeah. all of television combined, basically it's the biggest uh, media um, conglomerate in the world. Um but, like, I think it's reached, like, new cultural heights uh, in this year because it allows people to connect at a time when we can't, like, physically be with each other. Um, and so I think that, like, uh, it's very fortuitous for us, like, to release a podcast now because, like, I've seen so many more friends of mine become gamers over the over the past few months, mm. which is very uh, most pleasing to me in my career. Um, so, <laughs> so, like, your, wait, your career, your career of playing video games? <laughs> wait what <laughs> um but yeah so like i i i that's all to say that i agree with you i think this is a like um i think it's a agree. natural thing for us i think it's um i mean clearly the, the mean the most 2020 thing to do is start a podcast i will say we had this idea before the pandemic um anyone creeping up on this game thinking that it all took was a pandemic to get uh to get your voices on the waves we were gonna do it way before here's the thing about me and lawrence we're both really sad sometimes and it's hard to do stuff yeah here's the tea i don't know if you've noticed but 2020 is kind of like a weird (laughs) a weird year i would say a weird fluid like it's kind of do whatever you want time yeah i think okay let's um let's uh peel behind the curtain and like reveal like what the process of this podcast has been we first recorded um our pilot episode um back in may may uh, May? yeah may may Uh, yeah yeah may of this year um so a couple months into quarantine um and then right after that is when um the the summer of uh the black lives matter protests um reaching a new zenith happened after the you know completely horrific killing of brianna taylor and george george floyd um so (laughs) it just didn't feel like neither of us were in the headspace to podcast at that time and talk about stupid fucking video games as much as we love them it's like this is not the moment um and then we managed to record another episode yeah not we, too long ago not too we did it we yeah we did one just a couple of weeks ago i'll say i mean with the date today is november the 10th we recorded one maybe like a week and a half ago and we were and we were like this no, election it was longer than that, it, longer than that? <laughs> i feel like that i don't, I don't know we'd, we'd have to check when we recorded but like i think it was like october ish but yeah, um, as you mentioned, I'm not sure if y'all knew, but there was an election that <laughs> just happened. And mm-hmm. oh, sorry, say, sorry. I think I think only Americans know that. I don't think people outside the U.S. are going to know we're having an election right now, Lawrence. It's really pretty. <laughs> you, don't think you don't think they're aware of that something might be going on? Um, yeah. So uh, another instance of like, hey, we're not really in the headspace to do this. But hey, guess what? The election turned out like 
pretty all right. He would all, say. As I mean, of November the 10th. As of November the 10th, this might age horribly depending on uh, what the fuck happens with our government leading up to January. Either way, it'll be comedy whenever you're hearing this. But you know what? We've got to strike while the iron's hot and why we have serotonin running through our veins. And you know what's giving me a lot of serotonin, Lawrence? Video games. So Video let's games. fucking talk about what we're going to do here. Yeah, okay, so I think as a jumping-off point, I want to ask you the question of, like, what is it about video games and queerness that intrigues you or and makes it something that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think like you, Lawrence, video games have been a part of my life, maybe going back as far as I can remember. Um, and especially for me as a, as a young queer kid growing up in a very sports-oriented, cowboy-oriented, farming-oriented area it was much easier for me to like video games uh, over mm-hmm. sports over the more like masculine things that were around me as a child yeah um i think uh i mean there was definitely so much about uh where where i struggled in uh my relationships with other boys when i was young and not knowing how i felt about them video games were kind of the bridge that i had to feel like i was just like everybody else yeah um uh, and so it was really easy for me to take on the role of something else in a video game, play as someone else, escape from a world that maybe seemed like it made sense to other people, but didn't make so much sense to me. Um, when when you can plug into a game and turn it on, and especially when you're, you know, a little kid, at least even like under the age of ten, I remember just being like, I need to go into this world right now, this place with the with Pokemon, this place with Mario, this place with you know Zelda and it it made it made me feel like I belonged in a group when I didn't feel like I had groups to belong to outside of, of where I was at yeah yeah I think you hit it on you hit the nail on the head for me it's this intersection of like escapism and community um gathering mm-hmm. in one it's a space where you can both where we were both able to like um escape into our fantasies and like you know live these like um you know these power trips and these grand narratives but also like connect with people and relate to people about them in a way that like we couldn't necessarily do like you said and like um with sports and and straight culture yeah yeah. and and i think and me and you specifically we we grew up in an age where games were starting to finally come online in a way that like oh i can play with my friend at his house and he doesn't even have to be here anymore i can call Mm -hmm. my friend on my phone and say hey do you want to play this um and it i don't i don't know i don't know how much how social you were with with games as a kid it used to be just you know me either me me and my grandma because my grandma would play games with me sometimes or like mm-hmm. i would <laughs> i would play two player games and i would teach myself to play both controllers with one hand at the same that time that is so sad and cute <laughs> well it's interesting for me um video games weren't necessarily like a social primarily a social space they were primarily like a solo escapism thing for me but um but um i did play a lot of video games with my sister and that's like a way that we uh, bonded and connected a lot um so yeah um what about um i guess if this if this is a getting to know you episode is there a game that you would say in particular um a game or a series that really we would say is like foundational to your queerness as a, as a gamer. Absolutely. Yes. It's almost as if we prepared this as a little segment. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, of course, um, listener, behind the scenes. So for our, we decided, me and Lawrence, we wanted to pick one specific game to talk about in this first episode as a gateway into ourselves and a gateway into uh, the kind of world we're going to build here. Yeah, I asked Eric, like, like if we had to distill, like, one game that, like, we, like, um, identified with as queer people, like, what what is, like, the formative um, centerpiece of our identity when it comes to us as um, gamers? Um, and yeah, if you want me to go first, I guess I'll talk yeah. about uh, my dear love of um, the never-ending quest to catch them all, um, which is to say, Pokemon, gotta catch Ooh, them all! <laughs> Can you do the pokey rap? Um, I know the beginning of it. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not gonna do it on the podcast. I'm not gonna make a fool of myself, Eric, but nice try. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I almost, Pokemon I almost is... got him. <laughs> Pokemon for me was like I think the formative moment. Um, did you play much Pokemon? I always forget like how. No, I actually wasn't allowed to. Yeah, um, I forget. Yeah. Do you remember this? That like I wasn't allowed to play Pokemon as a kid because my parents heard at church from someone that like all of the Pokemon are different names of demons in hell. Did you know that this was a thing in like the early two yeah. thousands? Oh, absolutely! Satanic Panic and the Pocket Monster Absolute- hand in hand. Mama. I- <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i just like the idea that there's a demon in hell named mr mime somewhere <laughs> <laughs> mr mime's absolutely in hell <laughs> <laughs> mr mime is dead and in hell <laughs> but yeah um so yeah i want to talk about like why pokemon was like the moment for me um first of all i, I think mean, it's I, interesting because yeah because i didn't have it growing up so it was not yeah, a formative so not... thing for me it's only something i came to much later so i'm curious what, what you're going to say about why as a queer person it, it matters yeah well it was a cultural touchstone and i think it goes back to what we were saying about um connecting with like the fellow boys in a way that wasn't sports um because pokemon was the craze in the late 90s early 2000s which were my formative years um and yeah like i think that's the core of it is that pokemon at its core was this like um was this franchise made of made out of these like cute lovable characters that aren't necessarily like hyper masculine in the way that like power rangers or ninja turtles or action figures gi joes were uh but were still somehow like beloved by by boys of all <laughs> boys across the yeah. the oh i would um, i would say it's pretty split i mean i think pokemon has has a balance of like you know more male gendered one of the more fe- i mean i know they come male and female in in both types but like in their design, some are very masculine and sharp and edgy, and some of them are very soft and curvy and with light colors. Yeah, and it flows, because, like, you have Charmander, who's just, like, this lovable, cute little lizard with, like, a little candle for a tail, and then he becomes Charizard, who's, like, the mask icon. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say mask Not icon. Not Charizard being a mask icon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, that was part of it, was this, like, um, you know this blending of the cute and the cool and how that like was something that was palatable for me. Um, but like one other like really crucial thing that like I, I like am realizing now in retrospect was it was like the first um, game that like allowed for gender performance, uh, specifically Pokemon Crystal. So some background, the original Pokemon games were Pokemon Red and Blue, and then uh, they all come in generations. So generation two, which introduced new Pokemon was Gold, Silver and Crystal. 
And in Pokemon Crystal, um, it was the first game that allowed you to uh, choose at the beginning, do you want to play as a boy or play as a girl? Which is, you know, very binary and like, oh, it'll, you know, outdated it <laughs> by today's metrics. Is um, that still true in the Is that still true in the current Pokemon games? I haven't played the most recent one. Interestingly, in the new Pokemon games, they don't they don't use gendered language. They don't say, are you a boy or are hmm. you a girl? It just says, what do you look like? And it gives you a bunch of different options. Oh. And now they have like more skin tones, which is a lot more inclusive and very sweet and That's nice. Awesome. Um, oh, and I do. I do want to say quickly, I, these are your game and my game that I'm going to talk about. These are things that later on we do want to do full, more full yeah. retrospective episodes on. We're giving you sort of bite-sized, you know, what they mean to us personally, but we do want to go deeper on these subjects later. Yeah, absolutely. Don't think this is the only time I'm going to get up on this microphone and talk about Pokemon girlies. <laughs> I can talk about some Pokemon for days. Um, you know what? Yeah. We, we, we Pokemon went to the polls, didn't we, Lawrence? <laughs> we did that. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, I think there's just, there's so much inherent, um, like, queer codedness and, like, gender performance in Pokemon. Like I said, it allowed you to choose your gender, which is something that, like, a lot of video games at the time weren't doing. Like, in Mario games, you could only play as Mario. In, you know, Zelda games, you could only play as Link. Um, so I'm certain it's not the first game that allowed you to um, pick your gender, but it was certainly one of the first ones in my, like, cultural consciousness. Yeah, um, and it was certainly a game, I mean, and re- regardless of the gender you pick, it doesn't necessarily treat the way, or change the way people treat you in the game, yeah. which I think is notable. There's, if you pick, if you play a girl in Pokemon, there's never a line of dialogue that's like, oh, you, a, a girl thinks that she can be the, like, champion. Like, no, that's, mm-hmm. that's never a part of it. Like, it doesn't matter which of those two you pick, you are, you can be the champion regardless of that. Yeah. Yeah. And for the record, when I played Pokemon Crystal for the first time, I obviously picked a girl because it's like, mm. wow, I can look like this? This is fun. This is interesting. <laughs> wow. Maybe I can try on this little um, this little cluster of pixels. And like, yeah, it was weird. And it never like it, it, it never felt like a weird choice I was making, which I think speaks even more to, you know, our, our queer tendencies as youth. Um, yeah you even you you and you that's interesting to say like putting on something because you've you dabbled in the drag world before haven't you lawrence yes i have (laughs) yes you have oh sorry or am i not did i just out no no (laughs) out out miss jen no i'm just being um i'm just being coy and humble because you're being modest you're being modest dear yeah um but i do dabble dabble in drag art um, and it's interesting you mentioned that because like so many drag queens are inspired by Pokemon um, mm-hmm. and Pokemon is just kind of huge in the gay community in general, I think because it has like such outlandish character designs and uh, because it allowed for this like soft performance of gender. I think that's something that like has carried into like a lot of drag artists like. And there's um, the idea of evolution even in, in the Pokemon yeah. games, Pokemon Evolve. Yeah, they literally evolve into heightened versions of themselves and, like, yeah. um, become these, like, super, these super-powered versions of themselves, which is drag, in essence. Um, also, while we're talking about fashion, like, some of the gym leaders were serving it. Misty in her little bikini, mama. Um, Erica in her, like, green kimono. Sorry, this is, none of this is resonating with you, because I guess it's resonating with you, the listeners, who are like, yeah, it's Pokemon, I love it. Um, but yeah, um, you Team love Rocket, Pokemon, hello. Right? Oh yeah, and that's not even getting into the anime because we could we could do we could do a lot on Team Rocket yeah. in the anime on its own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is a whole other conversation. But yeah, I, I just think Pokemon represented like a lot of um, just a lot of young gay feelings for me, and and, it's, and it, it stayed with you. It has. Yeah, I still play the Pokemon games. 
I am not as a huge of a fan of them mm. <laughs> as I was. I think it's losing its luster a little bit. Um, the last one I really liked was um, um, the Alola Island one. Um, yeah, Sun, uh, and Sun and Moon. I really, I really act. I really like Sun and Moon a lot. It's funny. Sun and Moon's like kind of where I like started to fall a little bit out of love with the series, but like still played all of it and played it played it for like at least a hundred hours or more. Um, but yeah, I think at this point, like kind of shifting to like gamer talk i think the um pokemon has always been like a really accessible rpg um with like very simple mechanics and it's not by design it's just run around catch the creatures that you like um train them up to become more powerful etc yeah i definitely um, think it was my first i mean even though i came to the series later it definitely was still my first rpg like red and yeah. blue on the on the game boy advance um and it was, I would say it was responsible for the reason why I still play them now, because I think Pokemon is such a perfect distillation of RPG, JRPG mm -hmm. uh, gameplay fights. Yeah. And I really enjoyed Sword and Shield, the most recent iterations, but like, it is losing its luster and it's becoming a bit samey, but it's still Pokemon. It's like bread and butter. Um, you go it, you get it, you catch the creatures and you have fun. Um, I just hope that like Game Freak innovates because like Sword and Shield wasn't the most like technically astounding game <laughs> on the Switch library. Oh, I think I mean they're they're like a relatively small studio, um, like compared to like other uh, Nintendo teams. Still, Game Freak um, is still a relatively small yeah, studio. Yeah, it's weird, and so like I don't know. Like the other thing is they're always on like a short timeline, trying to like push out one game a year. Um, now they're like hopefully taking some more time to develop the next game. But yeah, well, that could be why the games are losing their luster. Take your time. Come on. <laughs> Come um, on, game freak, be a game cuck. Wait, what's the opposite <laughs> of freak? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> game cuck studios. <laughs> That's when the podcast starts making money and we can finally start our own <laughs> video game studio. <laughs> New from game cuck. <laughs> Anyways, oh. I won't go down the rabbit hole because I can keep talking about how Pokemon has become a capitalist um, tool. Um, and has kind of hey no bummers <laughs> no, no politics <laughs> it's no okay fault. you know i'm gonna end it like pokemon's always gonna have a special place in my heart and i love it so yeah eric what's your game um okay so like i said pokemon wasn't hugely my deal because of the because of the demons and the devils stuff i was a little what else what else? i couldn't do i couldn't do harry potter that wasn't a thing i could do i couldn't do also very satanic very very um uh couldn't also do... maybe good move in retrospect not not jumping on the harry potter show. oh i i cannot tell you how glad i am that i don't have like childhood nostalgia attachment to harry potter because it's very easy to be detached from it now and i know some people <laughs> wish they could be more detached yeah had no issue with that you know what my parents didn't have a problem with disney and you know it was a really really popular disney game when i was a kid lawrence do you know oh, what i'm shit. talking about oh shit uh, i do know indeed I'm talking about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I'm talking about the Square Enix Disney crossover classic <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Listen, Eric, when you walk away, you don't hear me say, please, oh baby. Because simple and clean is the way, the way that you're making me feel tonight. Lawrence, and I know you're joking, but, but when I was nine years old, do you know how hard that song made me cry? It is um, a slam jammer iconic bop Utah Hikaru to this, to this day <laughs> she is the moment I would say like even in the most recent game she is still the moment she is like yeah. one of the things 
Anyway, we're getting ahead of myself. There's lots of things to like <laughs> about Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, okay, if you all, don't know. Yeah, you, you, you just mentioned it, but like break down what Kingdom Hearts is because like when you say it on paper, it's like, does this really exist? Yeah, and like I said, we're going to do a whole episode about this and Kingdom Hearts could be its own like 15 episode saga if I really wanted to get into what these games are like about about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in essence, they are, um, it's a crossover of um disney characters such as donald such as goofy such as mickey um many of the classic disney animated films um crossing over with um the 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 world of final fantasy um mm-hmm. the game is developed by square what was then square soft now known as square enix responsible I think they were for square enix by the time kingdom hearts one came out and it's and it's enix not enix enix i, I think it might be enix i don't know i'm whatever I'm a, um enough. they they known for their the Final Fantasy series, um, known for Cloud and Aerith, um, and those games going way far back. They decided they were going to start a new series where they created new characters um, in their you know Japanese fantasy canon um, that also intersected into the worlds of Disney. And to explain why that happens in the game would be a fruitless endeavor. I will just say they are very very uh, important games to me as a uh, to me now to me then. Um, well, one fun little factoid, sorry to interrupt you. Um, if it, if this sounds like a crazy elevator pitch and you've never heard of Kingdom Hearts before, it's because it literally That's literally how it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, because like, Disney video games had their offices in the same building as Square Enix in like the late 90s. And literally an exec, I think it, it was either an executive, I think it was an executive from Square Enix went to the Disney person and said, hey, I have a pitch for a game. And they literally got a 30 second like pitch meeting and sold this game. And yeah. now it's like one of the most iconic video game series in the and modern era. it shouldn't era. work, but it does because it is... Um... Well, I, well, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. It can work. I would argue that it's It can works. work if you let the magic <laughs> take over you. And I know that sounds cheesy and corny, but that's literally the only way Kingdom Hearts works. If you just let the magic of, oh, Disney, anything can happen... That's the only way. Because <laughs> I would say to the to the game's misstep, I think when it goes too far to explain what's going on, that is when the game is at its worst. It when you're just on things. the roller coaster of like, we're going to Alice in Wonderland, we're going to uh, Tarzan, we're going to Hercules, like, and you're just j- jumping from world to world. That's when it that's when it works the best. And when you're a ten year old little gay boy like me, you don't fucking care. <laughs> why these things are happening period um did you did you play the original kingdom hearts lawrence i we'll get into this when we talk about like kingdom hearts in a, like a proper episode but like i started with kingdom hearts 2 um, me too that's what i was gonna say kingdom hearts 2 was yeah. my first one and then, and I, then went I went back and played back the original and, cool we're on the same exact um train here wow mind yeah um and i guess as a as a queer person, there, there's a lot to talk about with the queerness in Kingdom Hearts. You know, yada yada, we'll talk more about it later. Um, it's uh, There is something inherently queer about Disney. I think if it's a thing you hold on to, the older you get. I do not want to curse the podcast and say Disney gays, but I'm sure there will be some <laughs> Disney gays that listen to this. Me Which included, we love you and I, respect you. We love and respect you. I, I am a reformed Disney gay. I do acknowledge <laughs> that it is a lifestyle and not a choice. <laughs> and you know, it, it worked for me then. I've moved on to I've moved on to other things and I'm happy where I'm at. But I understand I understand why Disney gays are. And I think Kingdom Hearts, if you're if you're a video gamer, Kingdom Hearts is a big part of 
why I think the Disney virus holds on to people for so long. Because um, this series is still going. It's magical, and it is it is inherently queer. Um, I, I, I will say that something I love about Kingdom Hearts as a series is that it... Oh, it champions emotions over logic at every chance it gets, and that's when it works the most. And the game is so much about the feeling, um, the feeling of embracing love and being your truest self and not hiding the dark parts of yourself. That's literally like the moral arc of the game is like good versus evil. The parts of yourself that you try to rip away, the parts of yourself that you shame and are hateful towards are the pieces of you that manifest as something evil and the only way you win this game is by literally taking a key shaped sword and using that key <laughs> to unlock your full potential <laughs> like that's beautiful yeah sora as a protagonist is like he is um, a lovely little anime boy who leads from his heart and like exactly what you said it's like it, it shows like um emotional vulnerability from like our strong willed hero um and that's incredible for a video game for kids to teach that like you, that that your soft parts and your vulnerable parts are the strongest parts of you i don't think that's something a lot of more i know i wouldn't say like more masculine but more mature games that involve more you know by the books gunplay or swordplay or fighting kingdom hearts is very it has fighting in it, but I wouldn't say it's a pro-violence game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's all very fantasy. It's yeah, it's very, it's very, very high fan. I mean, it's it's Disney characters like mm-hmm. you're 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 fighting with uh, Simba like at your side or Mulan or the Beast like and 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 the games are so good about especially in the I think more in the originals than the later ones. They're so good about tying in that like the pureness of the heart and like the goodness of the hero will always win over like whoever the bad guy is that wants to cause pain or cause suffering because of their own traumas that maybe they haven't fully yeah. come to grips with. Um, and that's very, you know, out there in Haiti and definitely not something I was conscious of as a child, but I think it's looking back on it now. I think for me, the reason maybe to this day, why I skew more towards high fantasy, less violent um, more creative, art, artistic, um, abstract stuff in video games is because of the absolute bizarre abstraction of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, I think um, it's funny when you think about video games in like the mid two thousands when Kingdom Hearts was coming out. Like the uh, idea of video games was very masculine and like uh, very like masculine focused, and like it still does kind of have that stigma. Um, where everyone thinks that all video gaming video gaming is is like first person shooters and your Call of Duties and your Halos um, and your Fortnites and your Apex Legends, etc. And um, your Fortnites. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like Kingdom Hearts exists as this game that is about an emotional journey rather than a physical uh, violent one. I mean, and like you said, there is still fantasy violence, but it's more about the emotional arc of these characters and like the relationships between them um that forms like the crux of this story yeah and and regardless of like you could argue about the superficiality of kingdom hearts i think it's i think it's entirely earnest um i will give it that even when it doesn't work it is still a game that gives 110 percent the entire time whether or not it's working and i admire that more than anything else like you can give 110 percent and be garbage and it is and it is still entertaining it is still fun for me eric it is fascinating to me this is a little tangent that like you are not more of a weeb like i am because <laughs> i love me some 
I love me some anime and like Kingdom Hearts checks all the like shonen anime tropes <laughs> of like um you know young strong protagonist who has like a magical power who like overcomes all things through the power of friendship um it's all very that and like I need to get you into a Naruto or a Hunter Hunter or 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 something I'm like it's my life goal to convert you into an anime head <laughs> That's kind of all I have to say. I mean, the, I could I could go so much further into Kingdom Hearts. Um, which I do we think will, it's interesting. Period. Which we will. I swear period. to God, we will we will spend three hours on these games. God damn it! Uh, and, <laughs> and I will and I will make you understand what is going on in these games because I need to understand what's going on in these games. What the fuck is going on in these games? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's. I feel I feel good about that. I know audience that may be a little that may be a little broad or a little vague but i think that's from the heart it's very earnest i hope it helps understand where we're coming from from the kingdom of hearts (laughs) not me saying kingdom of hearts like a fake fan um hey grandma can i get (laughs) i want it's my birth can i get kingdom kingdom of hearts (laughs) they have it's it best buy um, one last thing I want to say about, about Kingdom Hearts is that... Wow, um, don't even, don't even take the bait, okay? I thought we were going <laughs> <laughs> well, to... want to you don't want to be my old grandma? No, I'm not, sorry, I'm, I'm not going to say yes, yes and to this, um, improv moment that you're trying to, to, um, viciously impose upon me. Um, I do want to mention that there is a part in Kingdom Hearts 2 where, um, Goofy, beloved cartoon dog goofy gets hit with a very big rock (laughs) and they think that goofy has died and then they swear revenge on goofy's name (laughs) and of course he's not dead because it's goofy (laughs) and of course he's and of course he's back like less than five minutes later (laughs) but it's performed with like such high stakes and such high melodrama and and that's what i mean yes if you you it's it's literally like a suspension of disbelief but like sus- not even suspension of disbelief because there's already a lot you got to suspend your disbelief for but like <laughs> suspension of irony you have to suspend like your sense yeah. of irony and cynicism to like to like kingdom hearts um yeah it's why i mean I it's why to... even when i go back and play the originals hold up three is a ugh, girl uh, we'll talk about three one day three. <laughs> but the first the first two hold up in the ways that I want them to. And of yeah. course I notice things now that I don't like about them with like my dumb, stupid analytical gamer brain, but they're really fun. They're good games. You check them out. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. That was a lovely rousing discussion of like two very formative games for um, you and I. Yeah. And I know that could, I know audience that may have been self-flagellating. It may have sounded, Oh, good for us. We're gay. And we like video games. We're the first gays to like video games. But but uh, that's I, not that's yes yes and argue against that Lawrence. Well yeah I I my ethos as a gamer and as a content creator is that like elitism is the like most boring thing in the world. Video games are for everyone whether you're gay whether you're gay straight or whatever Lady Gaga said. Um <laughs> whatever the I, other like, thing she invented, I don't know. <laughs> um yeah, I think video games are are um, beautiful and like Above all, um, these, like, cultural touchstones that allow us to, like, talk more about the world at large. And, like, yeah, I, I, I don't 
I think you and I are very heady people and like a lot of these conversations might skew very heady as you will like see in some future episodes. But like, I don't know, I think I, I hope that we can bring you um, some levity as well as some like fun insights into our gamer brains and um, above yeah. all, get you to play some more video games that we really love and enjoy. Because um, we want this to be a space where you like um, play video games with us and talk to us about them. Yeah. Because that's more than anything. I mean, the reason we started this podcast just came from us naturally in our conversations going, oh my god, Lawrence, this game that I just played, you have to play this game. And I feel like so much of the time when I recommend something to you, I don't even know if I the gameplay is the thing that I recommend about games. I recommend something about this game is a this game is about this thing. Like the gameplay is okay, but the thing that it's about or the thing it's trying to tell you or communicate through through its gameplay or through its story. That is so much more what gets me in games, not, oh, this is so fun to play, but holy shit, I didn't know a game could make me feel this way that no other medium can. Yeah, uh, with that said, um, do we want to give, like, our listeners kind of, like, an outline of, like, games to um, to expect from us, like, down the line? Ooh, ooh a little preview, a little yeah, season. A little I would say this is... I would say this is like our first season. I'll say yeah. the season one of Gay for Play. Listen, you've made it this far into the episode and you're still with us now. So you might as well get some fun insights into what you'll hopefully hear next. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we mentioned this earlier, but our next episode is our pilot that we recorded back in May. It is about Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, and what's going to be very fun is that episode, I feel like, is already a time capsule because the Animal Crossing moment was huge in early spring. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know about you. I still play Animal Crossing practically almost every day um i'm on it one, once or twice a week yeah um, but i hope that you get transported into like our enthusiasm about the game in may um 20 years ago <laughs> yeah um, in the in the old age of the new age yeah and i think that yeah. like um even though um you know some of the excitement for that game in the you know cultural conversation has died down a bit i think it was still a really lovely moment and i think that you'll enjoy listening mm-hmm. to that um oh yeah um, we have uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts um, yes, coming uh, as well. Another one of our recorded ones. That one was very fun, Lawrence. I'm very excited for people to hear that one. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? We have we have uh, games like Gone Home coming up. Um, we have uh, episodes we want to do on Final Fantasy VII. We have episodes on uh, Persona. Um, yeah, Persona Five which is a mm-hmm. very, very fun game that we love. Um, uh, we're going to do an episode on Hades, which I'm saying now into the podcast because I'm going to make Eric play Hades because it Damn is it. incredible. <laughs> and we're going to do an episode on Night in the Woods because I want Lawrence to play Night in oh, the Woods absolutely. really bad too. And you even have that game already. I know you have that game. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be some of the games coming up. I also know we have some guests coming on the show soon as well to talk about some specific topics um listen we're a small operation if you want to be on the show just fucking tell me like I'll, <laughs> we'll talk to yeah, anybody literally just follow us on socials and be like hey we want to be your friend and we want to come on your podcast and we'll probably say yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um if you have games that you want us to know about that maybe you think a uh, little lesser known type of games uh, we do have an email for the podcast you can email us at gay podcast at gmail.com uh for F-O-R, not the number four we should specify going forward from we, here. We use our words here on Gay for Play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best kind of foreplay is the kind with words. Um, and, <laughs> and there's also not four of us, so it wouldn't make sense anyway. Yeah. Um, we also have our own Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Gay for Play Pod. 
Um, if you want to follow me and Lawrence, um, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Eric of the Sun. There's going to be underscores between all of those words. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Afroman76. Yeah. That's the first time I've said 76. It's 76. I don't know. I always read in my head at 76. It's Afroman76. <laughs> find us there. Send us, send us art. Send us music. Send us nudes aware of not complaining about anything you send us speaking of art and music um i want to give a big shout out to our dear dear friends uh connor marsh who composed mm. our lovely lovely theme music mm-hmm. and uh, nicholas adams who did our lovely um uh what's it called art <laughs> yes our uh, podcast show art, show art. that's can, the word you can look at it you can look at it if you look at your phone right yeah, now there it, it is right now there it nick is. adams made look that look at that is. hey nick if you're listening you made that <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you to you both. Um, thank you to you guys for um, listening to our first episode of the podcast. We hope that you um, stick around. Um, I don't know where this podcast is going to go up. Probably iTunes, probably Spotify. If it's on iTunes, um, please It'll be give everywhere. us a five-star rating um, or whatever rating you want. We prefer five stars. Um, and leave us a review. Um, it apparently really helps us out with the algorithm and all that. So um, yeah. I hope uh, that was fun. Lawrence, was that fun for you? It was very fun and cathartic for me um, after the end of a very turbulent week of um, of, of the world. <laughs> of world, literally, literally of, of world, world history. Does it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times people this week have said, wow, living through history. But wow, we are living through history right now. Yeah. And the only thing that's keeping my brain in my head is this dumb little podcast we started about video games. So thank you so yeah. much, Lawrence. And playing the aforementioned video games. Thank you, Eric. Um, yeah, and thank you, listener. Uh, we hope to hear more of you. All um, right. Well, we will talk to you next time you hear us. <laughs> yeah, period. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>